G'day guys, this is part two of a three-part series with Cesar Bukowski. Enjoy. Hi and welcome to Karate Over Coffee. My name is Shane McMahon and I'm your host. This is a podcast dedicated to my experiences in karate. I started karate as soon as I could walk. My parents owned a full-time dojo, so I literally grew up in the dojo as our house was on top. I've lived and breathed karate my whole life and I've trained with some really amazing sensei, competed for my country, and I've learned so much about the evolution and history of karate. And I'm here to share my experiences and learn. Enjoy. I have seen some of your gradings and wow, mate. So holy, just the, the amount of people that are grading. Like you, you go to a basketball or is it a, you get to a local school in the basketball stadium usually? Usually do it at a university. It's a, it's a you know, uh, like a double gym with seating for a couple thousand people. So uh, we usually fill, fill it to capacity and, you know, and the, fi- the fire marshal will come in and complain that they're going to shut us down. That's a good sign always that we're doing well, you know. Yeah, there's too many uh, people. Yeah. 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 And so do you, so out of your, the 14 schools, for example, uh, do they do their own gradings in-house or Q grades and then you do black belt gradings all together? Okay, uh, what we do is we do uh, a, a, a dojo grading. So in a dojo, let's say you have 10 candidates in a dojo and you'll do a grading and you'll decide eight of them are, are worthy. Then we have an all dojo grading where they go to a, a large gym and there's four stations and they perform for different teachers of different dojos and they have a card and everybody kind of scores. So you need specific average to pass for specific rank. And if you pass that, then you're then you're going to graduation. So uh, every dojo person grades and usually not with their own teacher. So first you grade with your own teacher, then you grade with with a teacher from another dojo or senior from another dojo. Right. Like it, it works quite well. Works works fairly well. Not, it's no no system is ever perfect, you know. Yep. But uh, you know, my whole thing is maintaining uh, balance between uh, good level of martial arts, but not to be almost abusive in some ways, you know, it's just, you know, and it's, we always talk about personal best. So, so in addition to the quality of martial art technique, you have to think about, uh, can the student actually perform better? You know, so, I mean, we have a lot of uh, older adults training. Uh, you know, we have, I have people in their 60s, 70s. I have a, a student who's 85. He still does two, three classes a week and he's almost blind, you know, and he's got limitations, things like that, but he trains hard, you know, so, you know, the, the concept of, you know, what is excellent for him, he, he exceeds excellence by showing up at 85, mm-hmm. you know, putting on a key on. And we have little kids, you know, so I'm not talking about black girl, but, you know, we have we have three and a half, four-year-old children starting. So this whole concept of a yell about you need perfect horse stance or this or that, at three and a half, there's no perfect anything, you know, just, you know, so yeah. my whole thing is that every belt, everything you're doing, stripes, we go, you know, stars for specific merit things. It's just a tool to make a good black belt. So ultimately, those are not, for me, those are not ranks. There's no yellow belt. There's no green belt. There's no blue belt. You know, those are all tools to make a very good black belt. And that's the whole thing, you know, just how to make a good black belt. When, when you get a black belt from our schools, you become a showdown hole. And for a year, you don't get a certificate. So you get a plain black belt, nothing written on it. No, no, you know, if you train regularly, you don't really retest per se, but the instructor is to give you a thumbs up. So number one is, you know, we have a lot of teenagers training. And once they get a black belt, it's like, you know, mom, I got my black belt. I don't have to go to karate anymore, you know? Yeah. So th- this whole concept, uh, you know, it, it takes one more additional year. And we, we try to work on 
new material, things like that, making trying to make them stay. And of course, we have huge dropout rate at, at, at that age group and that level because they've been trained four, five, six years, you know. And and, and karate, as exciting as it is, after six years, you know, it's not as exciting as talking to your friends or doing Instagram things or TikTok videos, whatever. Uh, you know, it's 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 really hard to keep somebody for six, seven years, and we do that. For adults, it's not a problem. We have adults who be students with us for 30 years, and they're just regular students. They, they will renew their membership, line up, and train. With the kids, you know, their, their attention span, if you will, and, and it's just, yeah. in Karate, we're competing with all these other things on the outside. They're just kind of vying for, for our students, you know? So how do, how do we fight those concepts and how we, do we maintain the students? That's something that I wrestle with every day. One said as well, karate first, business second. I, I teach karate commercially, so I can improve my karate and teach more people karate and improve my own karate. And that way I get to train more rather than go work for eight hours and then go and yep. teach, teach karate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And, and I couldn't have this, this beautiful podcast with my 15 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, don't worry, we're going to double that. We'll double it. Yeah. Oh, well, we're going to double that. Yeah. I, I expect to have 11,000 listeners next <laughs> so with uh how do you now this might be uh, a personal question but how 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 are the dojo set up is it run and owned by the instructor or are there is it a franchise it's we it's it's, it's neither nor and all of the above okay Perfect. so first of all like i said you know we're we're, we're connected uh there, there's an individual owner and sometimes you know they're owned with, with an instructor and, uh, uh, you know, sometimes, first of all, any of our instructors who have their wives involved in the business of karate, they're, they're also students. And most of our instructors met their wives on the dojo floor. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of female black belts, a lot of very senior black belts, and they're just as good as, if not better than men, technically. Mm. And they're all involved in that aspect. So, first of all, there's no, like, the main teacher and his wife. They're, they're, both, <laughs> they're both excellent martial arts people. You know? mm. So... Uh, it, so a lot of them are kind of family operated where the kids actually work in the business as well. So the kids are instructors now as well. Slave labor, uh, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and we have a, a group and you know, all the dojos pay a management fee. And so we have a cohesive system. It's not really a franchise per se. Uh, it's more uh, owner operated, if you will. But mm. uh, I, I kind of drive the, the group together. You know, I keep everybody focused on, on, on the future and the things that we should be working on. Uh, one of the biggest problems is that I really push on, on for, for seniors to advance and develop and things like that. So, so sometimes they will develop their own ideas of, of doing things, which is perfectly fine, but might be contradicted to another dojo. So I try mm -hmm. to find kind of a hybrid model where, uh, you know, that everybody's moving in the same direction. And yet, uh, I, I sound very strange, but we're all moving forward, but everybody has a side growth as well, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know it's it's important to to remain as a family. It's almost like uh, you know uh, at, at, uh, at Christmas time or Easter or, or Thanksgiving in North America. All, you know all the kids come home and everybody has a you know congenial you know meal and and talks about stuff. And they might be doing different things and have different ideas politically and religiously. Whatever it doesn't really matter. You know, but we're together. We're eating our meal together. Let's reinforce our focus, and that's uh, kind of my mission within our group. You know, so I don't really look at myself as you know a master this or that, but I'm kind of uh, you know there's a in a Japanese sword you'll have a blade, you have the sai and stuff, and you have the little pin you know which is yeah, a, a, a little you know linchpin. 
So I, I, I see myself very, very small, but I'm the little bamboo pin that keeps the whole sort together. You know, yeah. that's if I can do that, my my, my job is, is well done. You know, that's so do you run run and own and run your own dojo as well? I have I'm I'm in partnership with with my wife, Marion, and uh, uh, amazing black belt Vince Cervello. That's you know, and you know, as I'm I'm aging, you know, my you know, my wife is 68, you know, it's, so we have to look at you know getting closer to retirement age. Mm. We we will never retire. It's it's not an yeah. issue of we'll always be involved, but uh, you know, so, sometimes this might be very strange, but some instructors will remain in the dojo and they'll have a junior partner and they kind of stop the growth because they have their own ideas, things like that. Mm. Where you know, people in the 30s and 40s, they have very good ideas. You know, we have to so so we're in a kind of a middle middle ground, you know, right now where there's a give and take, but eventually we'll move out of the way and, and I will allow my uh, you know my partner to take over the dojo, if you will. And my wife and I will still be involved training and teaching whatever. But not really, uh, you know, day-to-day -day business aspect of it. Yeah, uh, running a dojo, but I will always be involved in running NKS, the Northern Karate Schools. You know, so it's because it's it's really important that somebody oversees. You know, and uh, you know, we, we live in a society of yes. You know, uh, a lot of the instructors in Japan, Okinawa, they're surrounded. You know, you're talking about you know the small dojos. The teacher is God. You know, whatever yeah. they, they can't do no wrong, whatever. It's important for us to acknowledge our mistakes and, and 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 really have somebody saying that was good, but you know what, we can do better. You know, and, and and that's how you grow. That's how you develop. You know, if if everything you're doing is great, then how can you really be better? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. Especially when you're running your own dojo, if if you've got the fourteen other dojo, you know, um, you can push each other forward as well. Not not yeah. competing as such because that. You know, if you're competing against other dojo of in your own association, that can cause some right, right. some friction. You know, we ma we maintain you know geographical boundaries and you know and uh, advertising. You know, I, I make sure that this, you know if the student contacts us. We make sure they're vetted out that they live in a proper area to the dojo, things like that. So there's really no there's no problem in that respect. But again, you know, all these people came together. As, as, as white belts and then you know black belts are together so there's still a relationship you know the, the, it's not uh, like i said it's not adversarial it's still cooperative even though they you know they want to make the dojo successful mm. i you know but i always say make your dojo successful but not the expense of another NKS dojo yeah yeah well what is the average well let, let's let's track back a little sure. bit how do you how so let, let's say um I've been training with you for seven, eight, nine years. How do I become an instructor for the NKS and how do I open my own dojo? What's the process there? Okay. Well, you know, we have different programs where we kind of uh, look for potential assistance, you know. So we have an NDP program in our school, we used to be called a STAR team, which would be teenagers who'd want to help out with warm ups and, you know, things like looking for shoes, you know, lost socks, whatever. So the instructor doesn't have to do that. Um, you know, taking small groups through simple drills, things like that. And again, we're looking, you know, uh, somebody who has decent martial arts quality, but but actually it's kind and giving. And, you know, it's it's almost like looking for a great babysitter in some ways, you know, those qualities of nurturing and, and you know, caring for, for the child, you know, that kind mm. of stuff. Uh, so that's our kind of MVP program. From the MVPs, they'll become uh, part-time instructors, which will be paid, you know, for, for some teaching. Uh, we have summer camps that we run, so they might have a summer job teaching at camp, you know, 
And it's, uh, you know, you know, if they're black belts and they're 17, 18 years old, I would much rather they teach for us and get some money than work for the local fast food restaurant, you know, and, and then lose focus on, on martial arts. Uh, that's basically the, 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 you know, the program. But then from there, you have like a team, there'll be some people who will stand out, you know, and those people, of course, will get extra tuition, you know, uh, teaching and coaching, things like that. And they'll become an instructor, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. Uh, we're always developing team, you know, uh, the teaching team. So that's uh, basically, you know, it's, it's, if you have 10 students, you can do everything. You can, you can wash the dojo floor and teach amazing karate and, and turn off the lights and go home. But if you're dealing with every average dojo will have, the smaller dojo will have 500 students and the larger dojo will have a thousand students. There's so much administration involved. Then you need a team, you need somebody to do the payments, you need somebody to do calls, absentee calls and things like that. You know, just, it's just a mass of people moving through, you know, just, you know, the toilet has to be unplugged on a daily basis, you know, things like that, you know. Yes. Every two hours, the rolls of toilet papers have to be replaced. You know, th those yeah, are yeah. those are all things that which will, you know, may not break your school, but people will realize your school is dirty or not cared for. You know that kind of stuff. So it takes it takes an army. It takes an army. So in, in reality, uh, our dojo instructor I was talking about, they're not really an instructor. Obviously, they will teach their classes, but they're more like an orchestra leader. You know, they have to make sure that every every section, every instrument is in tune and, and playing at the best. And so, uh, so after after that, how do you choose a location, or how do you choose a a dojo? Um, is it well, at, at, the be at the beginning was was a kind of you know your your the gut feeling you know this would be a great place to you know mm -hmm. have a location you know and obviously there's no martial arts you know lots of lots of building lots of houses lots of kids walking around lots of fast food restaurants and maybe there's you know there's a lots of kindergartens, whatever, you know, that area, and there's no martial arts school, so it's a prime area. We've done it before in schools like Don Mills and a few other schools. But but now we get requests. So actually, we know we're going to open the next school based on the inquiries we're getting. So so we're getting a lot of inquiries from an area we don't have schools. Right, okay, yeah. You know, so we have three or four key areas we're identified. It's just a matter of time before we'll open the school there. As long, you know, and again, for me, this is not like, uh, you know, like, by, by, by next year, this time, it will be 20 schools. And next year, after, I really don't care. I really couldn't care less. It was never about, you know, it was always about the moment, you know, so mm. just doing the best you can. And if we open another school next year, fantastic. If it's two, fantastic. If it's zero, it's fantastic. You know, it's not, it's not an issue like that. It's all people driven. You know, there has to be an amazing person to lead a dojo. And, you know, like I said, dojo directors are different from teachers, very different mm. from teachers. You know, dojo directors have to have so many different qualities they have to be a you know a mentor a, a parent a, you know master physical education teacher a, you know historian and you know all those things and you know those people are very rare you know so uh, within thousands of students i taught you know there's, there's maybe 20 of them that i've you know not really developed it's, it's symbiotic you know i help them to develop but they already have those all those great potential mm. and those gifts in them already so have you have you ever or oh. I'm sure you have it. How, how do you say, how do you tell somebody, uh, look, I, I don't think that you'd make a good director or how do you, how do you frame yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the students that went on their own and opened their own school. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And their schools are successful in terms of dollars and cents, but I don't think they're teaching great martial arts, honestly, you know, and it's, it's just, you know, uh, there's something lacking. There was something lacking in those people and there's something lacking now, you know, 
mm -hmm. uh, anybody who does not has no passion for training first of all so if if you're if you're teaching and you're not training yourself and you know you're preaching about you know the, the awesomeness of, of martial arts but you don't really practice yourself why should you be a school yeah. director yeah yeah it, i just did an episode not long ago about uh, finding that passion again to do your own training because as as a, a as a dojo owner you can fall into that trap of teaching and not training yourself because um, you get so caught up in the business side of of the dojo the management side of the dojo yeah you you need you need to be you need to self motivate to do you to do your own training right. you, um, you know that's that's i think that's why you have a lot of not i shouldn't say a lot you have some instructors who lived in the past you know yeah they always talk about you know the good old days how you know karate was better 20 years ago 30 years ago and how real fighters were there you know whatever it's just this kind of uh, uh romanticized idea of the past because they're not doing anything for the future you know so uh one of the key moments for me was i think it was 1980 82 83 something like that one of my dojo i had like a thousand trophies and you know six foot trophies in the window very in north america you can go to karate tournament and sneeze and get a six foot trophy you know mm. so i had six foot trophies for this and that from you know and then i realized you know that's not a good thing i, I purged everything you know when you purge everything mm. you get to be restart all over again you know so uh I, I made a mental note that my teaching was about the students wasn't about you know my students were not there to be uh you know, uh, spectators to my glory, but actually I was there to serve them, to make them amazing and, and great. And to do that, I had to get rid of my own accolades and, you know, titles and all the other stuff. You know, it's, uh, it's you, you really have to, you really have to be, uh, you know, the, the whole kind of summary, someone who served. The same thing with a teacher, you know, mm. you, you, the mission of a teacher is to serve a student and the mission of a great teacher is to make sure your st students will surpass you, right? So if you, if you, if you have, Students will never be as good as you. They will never learn the last kata. There's a, you're cheating. You're cheating them. You're cheating your students. You know. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed part two of our three-part series with Caesar. Part three will be out very shortly. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Karate Over Coffee. And if you're enjoying the podcast and in getting something out of the episodes, there are a few things you can do to help us. If you don't already subscribe to us on YouTube, please do so. We release these episodes every Friday morning Australian time. Plus, we release some smaller espresso shots during the week on both our YouTube channel and our Facebook community group. You can also subscribe to us on our Apple or Spotify. Leaving a five-star review will be very beneficial as well. If you have any suggestions or topics or feedback or anything that you want to talk about, please put it in our comment section on our Karate Over Coffee community Facebook group. If you'd like to support us, please visit our online shop where we have official Karate Over Coffee shirts, hoodies and mugs available. Your continued support is appreciated and a vital way for the podcast to keep moving forward. Thanks guys.